Sunday. Sweet. Welcome to uh, Sierra Nova Comics Podcast, episode number nine. Uh, today, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to say that name. <laughs> uh, my name is Kyren Silva. Kyren, Ky- wait, Kyren, say it again. Kyren Silva. Do you have a spe- Do you have it backwards? Is that why? No, that's how he spells it. I know how to spell. Oh, just making sure. I'm a writer. <laughs> I shrank the font too, so it's also just hard to see. Oh, oh whoops, that's the wrong way. Let me make that bolder. Yeah, yeah. We don't show my last name because that just scares people. <laughs> so yeah. So how how you uh, doing today? Nice. So where are you from? Sacramento. Sacramento? Nice. I got a bunch of friends over in that area. So yeah, they were saying it was like 109 yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, that sucks. And apparently San Diego was like 75. So it was like, yeah, let's just, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, San Diego, Northern California, or Southern California, always mid-70s throughout the entire year. It sucks. I don't get that, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's fun. So, uh, for all of our uh, audience members, uh, who are you and what do you do? Uh, well, like I said, my name is Kyron Silva. I am uh, the yes, the I am Taurus Comics. Um, I produce comics for the last three years. I write, I draw, I letter, I color, um, and do everything at this point. Awesome. Uh, what inspired you to make comics? I've always wanted to make comics since I was. What's your uh, what's your ultimate goal with uh, your comic books? Like, uh, where where do you see this going in the future? company to basically be like what you said is like we have like a big building but i want uh other indie creators to actually come to our building and then they can like do their own shit (laughs) but we won't own you or anything (laughs) i don't know about the own me (laughs) 
Yeah, well, it's kind of like uh, being able to be like an incubator for yeah. indie creators and allowing them uh, the space and resources to grow uh, where most of the time, whether it's due to a lack of knowledge, a lack of resources, or a lack of resourcefulness just because they're unaware of what they do have, um, you know, it's something that we want to be able to help provide. So you guys are trying to drop Axel Turner or the next uh, Action Labs where you just bring in other people's books and help them distribute it. Yeah, yeah. It's not, not just the distribution though. It's also the um, like. So we we've been helping connect people. So if they need artists, if they need writers, if they need um, you know letters, things like that, then it's uh, we're we're trying to also just be a place where even even if you only use this as a resource and you know tangent it off and do your own thing, that's fine. It's just uh, we we realized as we were trying to just create our own company how hard it was. And so we're like, why don't we, while we're doing this, like document what we're doing so that we can help others figure it out a little faster. And so then we're like, instead of just documenting it, why don't we document it and then create a company around helping others do that as well. So it's, it's kind of this, uh, it kind of just keeps changing what we're doing along the way and adding to it. Uh, you know, and, and we meet people that are, have a similar vision as well and if they if they have um if they advanced a little further in a certain section of what they plan on doing uh then we then we kind of just like partner with them and try to work with them and redirect people to them if they have the resource that we don't that's cool that's very cool so uh we actually have shaman's destiny on our platform so why don't you tell people like what's that about um Shaman's Destiny, which I think you guys have issue one yeah. on your platform right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a six-issue miniseries about a young shaman by the name of Malik, who is the latest in the long line of shamans from his grandfather, his father, everybody in his household were shamans. Um, and the story starts, is a coming-of-age story where he's learning about what it is to be a shaman, its abilities, and what it means to protect the world from being by that uses dark magic. Um, along the way, he battles zombies, demons from other dimensions, and he has to basically make his way from Mexico all the way through California up into Nevada to find the source of his power to basically fight the final boss. Is the ultimate story. <laughs> that's awesome. Very cool. Thanks. See, he's got a good yeah. elevator pitch, because that, that sums it up pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, how about XOB, Lightning Wheeler? Oh. Is that actually what's behind you right now? Uh, this character is Saw. Yeah. So, uh, it's nice. And then we have, this is the main character from Shaman's Destiny, and then this is the next series called Ruby from Planet Odds. Which oh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> he just did a Kickstarter for it, too. Oh, yeah. Why don't you tell us about that one as well, then? <laughs> okay, well, um, <laughs> Planet Odds is the sci-fi version of The Wizard of Oz, where instead of Dorothy getting sucked up by a tornado and gets into Oz. She now gets sucked up through an alien abduction, lands on planet Oz in 
and she has to basically free the planet from the evil queen of the West. Nice. Along the way, she meets uh, with the lion, who is a cage fighter. Um, <laughs> Tintin is now a a um, soldier who has been experimented on, and now he's mostly robotic. And the uh, straw man, I can't remember what his name is now, uh, but Scarecrow. Scarecrow. Scarecrow, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, well, it took me a second. <laughs> Now, Scarecrow is now a farmer whose family was wiped out during the Queen's rampage, and he went into binge drinking, almost killed himself, and Jeez. Ruby basically saved him from getting his own life. Nice. That's actually really awesome. Yeah. That's a, that's Thanks. definitely a cool a cool spin on that. <laughs> I feel like it's. I feel like the original Wizard of Oz is simply somebody telling that story, but they were tripping on acid, so everything was magic. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever read any of the books from the Wizard of Oz series or just seen the movies, but the books were fantasy like craziness. So I mean, I, and there's so many things that were taken out of the book that they didn't put into the movie, which made the book so much more interesting and more exciting. Like the the witch had like a lot of the power. She had like the telescopic vision. And yeah, I, I, I did hear that there's a lot of stuff that they left out in the movie well because like uh, movies back then they they were very limited on what they could do and yeah. uh but yeah i did hear that there was a lot more like evil stuff that happened in the book that they left out for film's sake <laughs> yeah yeah and i i, I want to take aspects of that and put that into my story to make it a little bit more uh, not really adult theme but more, more dark gruesome yeah 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 so it, it, that's it's funny too because there's uh that that new movie the joker that's coming out and that that's like a huge controversy with that. It's like people looking too much into the darkness, and it's like you know sometimes sometimes talking about it is a good thing, you know. And the people that take it out of context and do evil things with it will take anything. Like oh, something was burned into my toast this morning. That must mean I'm supposed to go do something bad. Where it's like no, like <laughs> those pe- those people are beyond what these films are for, and the people that make the films can't, you know. But like that's the reason they do it is to explore that dark side, and it's it's like some people's you know favorite movies and video games are when you explore the the villains and stuff. So it's always cool to like have a a more in depth part of that. Yeah, I would love to. See that. I mean, I like to see the Joker itself going through that dark side. Most of the comics, he's been a dark character. Yeah. Just people get this assumption that he's this happy-go-lucky clown from the '60s Joker, which was. More campy in itself, but everything else was a very dark, gruesome joke. So I don't know why people had any problems with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they needed to do like Death of the Family. Yeah. Or your <laughs> idea, like what they had. Uh, what you had. Um, what they should have done for Batman versus Superman. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's funny because like I've I've seen I've I've read like the Dark Knight Rise or uh, the Dark Knight series like uh, the Dark Knight Dark Knight uh, two. I don't actually remember if they had a name and then the Dark Knight three that came out last October two Octobers ago, and yeah. uh, they're great stories. But it's like when they made the Batman versus Superman, there's so much they could have done with that to make it amazing and still have it be their own. Like, that's the thing is they didn't need to, you know, you know, exactly copy the original Dark Knight, but, like, just, like, where they went with it, if they just added a few more scenes here and there, that that movie could have been phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, same thing for Justice. Like, there are scenes in Justice League that were really good and amazing, like the scene where they were fighting Superman and Superman catches the Flash. Like, that was a badass scene. 
Well, it's because they didn't do any character development up until that point. Batman didn't... You. This is a new Batman, so we don't know what his demeanor is. We don't know how close he is to, you know, like the old Batman and Robin or the, you know, Dark Knight. Like, where is he on that scale? And then yeah. and then you got, um, what was it, Aquaman who had no introduction. And then, like, the Flash who is basically... Like, the only Flash anyone's been seeing for the last few years is the one on... Uh, what is it, uh, with the Warner Brothers or CW, whatever yeah. it is, right? So you're used to that kind of version, and then you get this guy who's, even though he's smart, he's almost an idiot, right? Like, it's it's yeah. it doesn't make any Go sense. And, and then Cyborg comes out of nowhere. Like, Cyborg probably had the most in-depth story in that movie, which I was actually very excited about because I would... I would have loved to have seen just a Cyborg movie. Like, he's a fascinating character when you learn a lot more about him. And it's like, that that would have been, like, that That was why I was excited that they did at least that. But, like, The Flash, they were like, yeah, he's here. We've known about him. Cool, join. Like, what? <laughs> Jesus. Like, so, yeah, they definitely, they definitely saw the opportunity of Avengers, but didn't see why the Avengers was so great. They were like... The reason why the Avengers was so great is because we loved every character individually, and then they came together. And instead, they're like, "Well, we did Batman, we did, or we did Batman and Superman, and we did Superman. Yeah, that's good enough. Let's just make them all fight now." And it's like, it was, it was crazy. But uh, yeah. Anyways, off of Marvel and DC. <laughs> so, uh, uh, first off, I was curious, how many cons have you gone to? One a month. Damn. That's oh. awesome. How long have you been doing that for? About five years now? Oh, no, wait, no. Three years, about one a month. So I'd probably say at least between 40 to 50 comments. See, that's, that's promotion. That's pretty awesome. So that's, <laughs> so that's very cool because one of the things that we're looking to do in the future is because um, we were talking to another uh, group that's trying to do something similar to ours. They're trying to be completely nonprofit. We would like to be profitable, but one of the reasons why we do want to build um, some income is the fact that we want to be able to use that money to go to conventions to actually help promote people that are working with us. So if we see that you know Comic A on our site is doing really well, we're going to pay to print them and then bring them to conventions with the income we're getting from uh, you know, distributing these online in the first place. So it's, you know, it's definitely very, that's incredible that, you know, having gone to 50 cons. How, how many unique conventions have you gone to? Um, I mean, that's hard to say because, like, just this year alone, I think I've gone to seven or eight different unique cons. But every year is going to be different. Like, um, I just got signed up for next month to do an in-store signing for a store that's going to do, like, a Halloween theme. Cool. and I've done that all for last year too so it, it varies depending on where it's going to be at um, but I mean I'll probably say sorry, I just threw something on my dog hold on <laughs> <sighs> she was asleep right next to me I dropped something off the table and she got mad um, <laughs> but yeah, unique cons are weird because you don't know what to expect also so it's, it's sometimes it's a little scary to do a comedy that you haven't done before or something that's not out of your normal normal genre that you want to do like a lot of people say i should try um like horror events and in uh maybe more sci-fi events i'm like well my stuff isn't really you know targeted to that kind of audience and if i can't guarantee that i'm at least going to make people i probably won't do it yeah well and, uh, and honestly it's it, 
it can be fun to branch off, but if you've already got something that you're you're really diving into, people are already enjoying it. it it's it's good to almost double down on that as opposed, you know, like what is it? Um, Gary Vaynerchuk. You ever, do you follow him at all? It sounds sounds familiar. He, that's he's, the, the, he what? That's like the football guy. Yeah, he does a lot of stuff like that. He hates to be called that, but yeah, he's he's the guy that actually. Oh, I got a wait. One second. There's a poster of him over there. Although that's a cartoon version of him, ironically, written on a comic book. Um, but uh, yeah, he's the guy that does social media marketing. And um, but yeah, he does a lot of talks where he like talks to, uh, or a lot of like keynote speeches where he talks to people, and he's like, it's all about being happy as opposed to making a ton of money. But uh, why is he bringing him up? Um, Damn it! I was bringing them up for a reason. I like totally tangented. Uh, what were we just talking about? We talking about conventions, conventions, going to ones you haven't been. Oh, tangenting off to horror as opposed to sticking with your your niche. He he talks about um, you know, doubling down on your strengths and just letting someone else cover your weaknesses. Like don't like um, there's actually another guy, Tim Ferriss. He talks about you know you should anything, you should take everything that you do, you do for whatever you're doing and you and to eliminate some of those tasks. Uh, you can delegate to others, completely eliminate and remove, automate if you can with like software um, or – and then the last one's liberate, which is you know handing off even your reins to somebody else. Obviously, that's different if you're an artist because that's the part that you're doing. But everything else, whatever you can um, reduce is uh, super helpful in that sense. And then you can only focus on your craft and become so good at that that it, you, know, you want to stand out for one thing because if you're known for everything, you're known for nothing. Like – it's very hard to uh, be the all-around guy. <laughs> I get that. Like, I'm working with a writer right now, a writer and an artist team to produce a, the, it's a series that's based off of the song Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. <laughs> like, everybody knows the song, but if you actually look at the lyrics and listen to them, it's a very gruesome story. Grandma's walking down the street, she gets ran over by this random reindeer, no one knows what happened, everybody thinks she was drunk, and I was like, well, why can't I turn that into, why can't we see what actually happened? So I decided I'm going to do that, and I started working with a writer by the name of Joseph Dewis, who, he goes into a little bit more of a horror niche than I do, but like, dude, you're, you're perfect for this, because that's the type of the story I want to tell with this. So I that's get awesome. that, uh, if you can get other people to do the work for you that's going to do it better, go for it. So that's good. Actually, uh, on under the the last question too. Um, uh, basically, one of the things that holds a lot of creators back is not being able to find you know find the time to do what they need to do to get stuff done. How do you, how do you specifically set aside time to you know for your creation, for your promotion, for everything that you do to grow your um, you know grow it from nothing to something and then share it. Um, late nights and early mornings are the best time for me to work. And then I get this about an hour to two hour gap when my, all my kids are at school. That three boys that are in high school, elementary school, and preschool. So I have like about a two hour gap where I'm not dropping off kids or taking care of money. <laughs> I keep my life quick, do any kind of promotion and work I can, and then get off and do family stuff again. But mostly it's I'm up about five. Sometimes four o'clock in the morning working, drop them off to school starting at seven, and then I get done with family stuff around nine o'clock at night, and I'm sometimes working until like midnight, just doing what I can. 
that's, that's, that's awesome. Time in. <laughs> that's, and, that's and, and you have to find, if you're like me, a family, you have to make sure that your family's okay with that also, and that they understand and they're willing to work with you. Because if you're not, your family's not going to be okay with it, you're going to have more turmoil than just finances not coming. No, very, very good point. No, that's awesome because uh, yeah, that's that's funny too. Because uh, yeah, that that is something Gary preaches is like you should be pushing um, on all of those edges where you can. Like you know, if if you don't have time, stay up an extra hour later. It's fine. You can give up a little bit of sleep. It's okay. Like you know, yeah. th- the, uh, it, it's okay to lose a little sleep now so that you can have your dream in the future. As opposed to, well, at least I was well rested before I died. You know, like <laughs> so. It's a, it's a very. Uh, <laughs> so it is it's so true though like that's the kind of stuff where like you know a lot of people when they they can't find time it's it's mostly because they're exhausting themselves in a job they hate so when they get home and have the time they're so mentally fatigued and they don't realize that if they just pick up the pen or start typing whatever it is that they need to do whether it's their business or it's comic books you know if they just get a little into it that that autopilot will kick in if it's something you're really passionate about and you know you yeah. just gotta go with it. If you're really wanting to that, just take that moment and, and try, you'll find that once you start putting yourself into whatever your goal is, you'll start getting there. It might take a little bit longer because you have to rest or go to work or what have you. But once you get home, take care of yourself for an hour or so, and then just do it. Don't don't complain that it's gonna be hard or you're gonna be tired. Just, just do it. Do you'll, it. <laughs> you'll find that extra bit of energy pops in. And, caffeine or adrenaline pops in and you just keep going and you want to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I guess while we still got you here, uh, what, what, what are some other interesting things just about you? Like what do you do in, what do you do in life outside of comics? Um, probably the most interesting thing is I am practicing Taekwondo. See, yeah, um, my son about. and I practice it. My son just got his black belt last year in December and I get my black belt next year. Very cool. Uh, so my second will be my first black belt in the martial arts because I have another belt in a different martial arts from when I was younger, which is really great. What, what uh, martial arts was that? Uh, Tong Sudo. Tong Sudo, is that what you said? Yeah, Tong Sudo. It's a North Korean style Tong Sudo and then Taekwondo is uh, South Korean style. Mm. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a yellow belt. <laughs> in, in what? Taekwondo. <laughs> I was a yellow belt a very long time ago and then there was like a tournament that we had to go to and they're like I'm like okay but my family has this like wa- like water park thing planned and they're like okay so you either get your face kicked in or you go to the water park I'm like I'm gonna go to the water park <laughs> so after that they're like yeah you're gonna you're done with this I was like oh alright whatever <laughs> That was fun, yeah. It, um, Greg knows, but yeah, I, I've been uh, taking Jeet Kune Do for like the last five years. Um, yeah, and so that that's been awesome. I actually just took uh, what'll be my last test for a while because I'm I'm moving to Nashville in like two days. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's gonna be fun. But um, the uh, but the school I've been going to, uh, lot like literally last night, I just passed my like level seven test. They have ten levels in the in uh, the art. Not not in all of them because. It depends on what lineage you go to, what school you go to, and uh, they have a bunch of different random random ways to advance. They don't have like a synchronized way that all the schools function, which is also kind of cool. It's a, um, specifically because th- there's like two versions of it. There's like uh, the martial arts 
of G, or martial art of Jeet Kune Do, and then there's the philosophy of Jeet Kune Do, and the philosophy is a much more fluid thing. So, for example, at my school, I've learned Muay Thai, um, Silat, um, uh, what else? I've learned Wing Chun, uh, Push Hands, uh, Greco-Roman Wrestling, um, you know, like, ran, uh, what was that? I've learned a little bit of Taekwondo, specifically, obviously, for kicking, because they're very effective. Uh, but uh, that that's one of the things that we do is, like, the philosophy itself is, Take that which is useful, discard what is useless, and add what is uniquely your own. And that's the reason why it can be so fluid in so many schools. Um, where the uh, the martial art of Jeet Kune Do is known as Jean Fang Gong Fu, which is... Uh, so Jeet Kune Do was created by Bruce Lee and Dan Inosanto. Uh, obviously the late Bruce Lee, but Dan Inosanto's still around and he's got his uh, lineage, which is where I branch off of. And... Uh, there's another uh, side of students that were under Bruce and they teach like how he did Jeet Kune Do as opposed to the philosophy. So it's like, this is how he punched and kicked. So that's how you should do it. And then there's also like, um, you know, he, here's a general rule. So like in general, we don't kick to the head, but I still kick to the head all the time. It's just that it's <laughs> such a, it's so easily seen that it's very easy to dodge when you're in like a, like a, a real fighting situation. It's it's very it's very easy to just lean back a little bit when <laughs> when you're in kicking range, uh, at least you know at least if you're training for it obviously and not everyone's gonna dodge that but it's also easy to get caught it's easy to get you know all that stuff so that that like that's one little small rule but yet I still kick to the head it's not like I don't do it it's just one of those like guidelines which is why I like it there's a lot of things like that where it's uh you know they kind of like they're like this is how you can do stuff but yeah maybe you're really good at kicking so add those in every once in a while as opposed to you know, maybe you can't pick your leg up past your hips because you're older, right? So don't don't kick up like that. That's so, right. Older, like I can't get my leg up as high as I want to anymore. Oh, you just, you just got to get into yoga. That's all. That's that's what I do. Sorry, it's too much work. Like, listen, I'm trying to create a comic book. I don't got time for yoga and taekwondo. That is, I got time for one of these. That's it. I told my son that once I get my black belt, I'll probably branch off to something else. Because uh, our school also does judo, and I've wanted to try that for a while. Very cool. So, May I might switch into that? Because I just won't have time to do both practices. Yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely judo, or if uh, if there is something around there that does like BJJ, if you want to get into grappling, like that stuff's really good. Like that'll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. I, I yeah, one of my uh, my classmate or my UK, the one that we both spar with, and I, we've been leveling up since we joined. He uh, started going to a BJJ school, like while still going to our school. So I I I've been doing I've been rolling with him, you know, wrestling essentially, and uh, we we've been going back and forth, and t- and for a while that was like where my forte was, like I could get him quite a bit of time, you know, uh, most of the time. And all of a sudden, he starts doing BJJ, and I start to get him in something. And he just sneaks the, you know, fuck out. I'm like, oh my god, like, what, what just happened? So like, the, you know, that's that stuff's really good. Judo is amazing at throwing, but like BJJ, like once you get to the ground, like they're they're crazy. Like, <laughs> um, school gym here in Sacramento that I thought about trying out for just to see what it's like. And then um, I don't know if you guys follow mixed martial arts, but Uriah Faber is from Sacramento. And he has his own training facility here too. Yeah, it sounds familiar. I, there, there's a, there's so many names, so I lose track of them now, just because 
uh, my, my, my instructors talk about like, look at this guy, look at that guy. Cause like I said, we, we learn from various martial arts and then we apply them into our, like into how we would use things. So like, like we have a, a specific stance that we'll use, but we all, we can alter that stance how we want. So we have the Baijong stance, like the, just our fighting stance. But like, there's been plenty of times while I'm sparring with someone, I'll go to like a more Muay Thai, I'll get the elbows involved, you know, and it's a, it's very, it's very cool. But because of that, like whenever yeah, I get tangented off to names, I'm like, I've I've lost track of names. But uh, but that's the cool thing. I'm I'm actually in March. I'm gonna be moving out to San Francisco after my Nashville move. So I'll actually be out in that area because there's so many there's so many martial arts out there, which will be incredible. Like I I'll, I'll be able to have a you know a choice of whatever I want to learn. But there's definitely quite a few I'd love to advance in. Like you know BJJ, I'd love to learn more of Muay Thai. I'd love to learn even like the uh, the original kung fu, the uh, you know the, what is it the five the five animals you know the fighting uh, style where it's like uh, monkey, tiger, crane, snake, and um, what is it? What's the other one? Damn, I always forget it. Cranes. Oh, mantis. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it literally is. I know that's what I was running through my head because it's because that's how they made that. Each of the five animals, other than the panda, is those five fighting styles. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty funny. And actually, the other day, uh, a friend of mine who takes uh, Tiger, I was actually doing a like a like not sparring, but like a just a drill where one of them's attack. Like he's just attacking me, and I'll defend, and then I'll just attack him, and he'll just defend. And it's like so awesome, like going from what I know, having to fight someone who knows something totally different, and it's like really awesome too to know that because that's the reason I like JKDs. It's essentially, it's it was one of the first mixed martial arts it's known as a hybrid martial art because it takes from a bunch of various arts yeah. and uh so it's very cool to be able to like you know spar with someone where i have to like think about what i'm doing a little bit more but to know that what i'm learning actually is still very effective which is awesome, <laughs> that is <not> awesome. <laughs> yeah yeah actually uh what we are planning on doing with our comics is uh for our artists for this very big villain that we have planned in the future, he just does random fighting shit, like choreograph, when he's just in the kitchen or whatever. Like, not even to me, sometimes to me. <laughs> he beats the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, and we're actually gonna, like, videotape us, like, doing choreographed moves, and then we're gonna, like, slow it down so the artist can try to draw that. Because we um, want... Yeah. Because we want, um... Yeah, realism. Yeah. yeah. So, it's just fucking awesome. So, yeah. all of the action scenes, or most of them, are going to be actually acted out. The ending of our first, of the first story for the Seer Chronicles, we already acted it out. We yeah. didn't do it on video, but we, he acted it out because the thing I had, um, it wasn't as good as what he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's funny. Like, he's, he's like the creator, and I'm just like the editor, so I'll just go through and be like, this is a good start, <laughs> but we might want to talk a little bit more about what's going on over here because you kind of just skip this entirely, and then sometimes they'll just go way in depth on something. I'm like, you can't do that much in one panel. That's a lot. <laughs> like, you had six different motions in this one little scene. We got to break that apart a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works out, so it's it's cool because like that's kind of how I work with everything else. Like uh, I, I, 
I'm not always great at coming up with an initial idea, but if you give me like a small piece of an idea, like I'm like, oh man, you could do this, this, and this. like I, I tangent off with all these other things, but it's that, it's that little spark that's, you know, I need, which is awesome. Cool. So, uh, well, uh, I guess, uh, you know, cause we don't have any, you know, more direct questions. Do you have anything else uh, you'd like to say to, uh, any of the viewers out there? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, if people are looking for you, where do you want to lead them? What's uh, what, what what platforms are you on, and what's the uh, the tag? <laughs> well, um, my main website is towardcomics.com. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and Twitter, all just at Towards Comics. So feel free to, to like, share, review whatever you want. Okay. Awesome. So we'll keep you on for a second more, but uh, we're going to end the podcast here. So thanks for joining us.